Okay, welcome to the People Sports Podcast. I'm Charlotte Wilder. Mark Titus is not here. Uh, I'm riding solo today. A few of you have asked if he's fishing, and you know he might be. It, it's unclear. Well, uh, no, I'm kidding. He, he's not feeling great, but uh, hopefully he's fishing. I think you can fish when you're sick. So. I'm going to take the show. We have a wonderful interview with Fox Sports' own Chris Broussard uh, to talk about the NBA because I don't know if you remember, but it started on Tuesday night. Um, the Nets swiped the floor with the Warriors and the Clippers beat the Lakers. And I want to say real quick about that. I think it's kind of amazing that the Clippers uh, had to watch the entire Lakers ring ceremony and then were just like, oh, actually, sorry, I think we're going to beat you now because we had to wait for the game to start to sit through you basking in your glory. They did this thing that I loved. They um, they had the families over Zoom. I mean, it was probably cameras, let's be honest. They're not... The NBA is not out here being like, yeah, can you just, uh, I think you're muted. Um, but they had they had filmed the families of the players and LeBron James's daughter is just already a superstar. I mean, watch out for that one. She was adorable. And Markeith Morris's daughter was just like yelling the whole time that they were congratulating him. I think we got to keep that around. I really think that we need to make sure that from now on, anytime there's a ring ceremony, families give the players the ring because you saw parents. And personally, this might be a little weird. I love seeing what people's parents look like. It's so fun to see like what part of a person looks like that part of their parents. Like Alex Caruso's parents killed me because he looks just like his mom. But then you look at his dad and you're like, he kind of looks just like his dad. Anyway, that's a tangent. But I guess it's the point of the whole show. It just feels like it's more of a tangent when I'm just talking to myself. Um, don't worry. I am going to talk to other people besides Chris Broussard. Uh, producer Kat is going to come on. We're going to do an Ask Shar. I got some great questions from you in a mailbag. Uh, some were weird. A lot of you wanted to know what my favorite sandwich was. And a lot of you asked what the best lobster roll in Maine was, which is just a question I respect. But it makes me think maybe I talk about like rolls and hot dogs and sandwiches too much. So it's something we're going to keep an eye on. Before we get to Chris, um, there are a few headlines that I want to get to. Um, the Steelers lost to the Bengals. We know this. But the, the story that's kind of come out of it uh, that is most interesting to me is that Juju Smith-Schuster is somehow to blame for all of his TikToks. And before the game, he did a dance routine on the Bengals midfield logo. He put it on TikTok and people are saying like, oh, you can't do that if you're losing, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, wait, no, you can. You can. You absolutely can. It's it, it's so absurd to me when people say things like um, you know, remember when touchdown celebrations were legal in the NFL and and people would be like, oh, well, you know, the fact that he had he had the energy left to pretend to dunk it over the field goal meant that, uh, you know, he's not trying his best. And it's like, no, that it's not like you have a finite amount of energy. Like, that's not how this works. And so what, what Juju's doing is just he, he's doing it to himself. Like he unfortunately, this is how the world works is that you're going to get blamed. Um, and so it's a choice he's making, which. I kind of respect, like, if you're brave enough to still be out there on social media when your team is having a total come apart, there's something admirable, but there's also something admirable about being the Bengals and seeing that, and it's the best way to shut someone up, right? It's like, don't complain about it, just beat them, which the Bengals did. Also have to talk about Charlie Woods, because Tiger Woods and his son Charlie, who is 11, uh, played in the PNC Championship uh, over the weekend, and this kid looks just like his dad. He, he, they both wore the red, the Sunday red. 
And uh, Charlie's tee advantage was such that it was a scramble. So, you know, you take whatever ball is best, whoever hits it farther in the fairway. Uh, And and Charlie had such an advantage over where he was teeing off from that sometimes Tiger just wouldn't even, he wouldn't even drive. He'd just be like, you know what, let's let's use Charlie's. And what I loved so much about seeing these these two together is, first of all, they have the exact same swing and they walk the same. And it's a it's a little creepy. But, um, you know, Tiger was famously so close with his dad, Earl. And when his dad died in 2006 and then, you know, Tiger had the whole uh, golf cart, not golf cart. So what do you call it? The club golf club. And, he, you know, Elon smashed the window or whatever. And it came out about all his infidelity and sort of can be tied a little bit to um I don't know, people have have written a lot about this, but basically he misses his dad and they were super close and his dad is, he made him into this golfer. So it was really cool to kind of see that come full circle um, with with his own son. So that's a thing that I loved. Um, Also, here's a quick thing that I want to say back to football for a second. Dwayne Haskins, quarterback for Washington. Is he even the backup? Is he, is he, he was a starter but then Alex Smith came back, so is Alex Smith the starter? Smith is supposed to start this week, but he might be hurt, so maybe Haskins has to start anyway. Because he was photographed, not wearing a mask, partying uh, with strippers. And the only thing I want to say about this is, first of all, wear a mask. Don't go to parties. We're in the middle of a pandemic, which seems to be getting worse by the day. So just be smart about it and don't be an idiot. But it's very, very convenient timing for Washington's owner, Dan Snyder, who the same day the Haskins story broke, it broke that he uh, paid someone over a million dollars, a woman in 2009, to cover up allegations of sexual harassment. So, you know, maybe we just like, instead of being like, oh, Haskins is putting the playoff ri- uh, the playoffs at risk, it's like, well, maybe we should look at the guy who's been like at the helm of things for a while and they haven't won under. Just saying, just saying. Um, I think we should get into the NBA and, and, and to lead into the interview with Chris, uh, Adam Silver said that they're, they're thinking about an NBA expansion. And the thing about this is that we just need to, we need to be straight with people. And, and if you say NBA expansion, you have to say, and that includes Seattle, because you can't just say you're going to do an expansion immediately. What everybody thinks about is bringing the Sonics back. Uh, but to me, I'm like, oh, you guys just want a team in Vegas. Like, that's what this is about. So either say we're going to expand and it's definitely going to include Vegas and Seattle. We're going to throw you a bone, too. But don't just say you're going to expand because then it gets people's hopes up. And if you're not planning to put a team in Seattle, that's just mean. That's just straight up mean to your fans. So without further ado, let's bring on Chris Broussard. I am so thrilled to be joined by Chris Broussard. He is one half of the odd couple. He says not the odd part with Rob Parker on Fox Sports Radio from 7 to 10 Eastern, Monday through Friday, veteran journalist for the New York Times, ESPN, an analyst for Fox Sports and FS1. Chris, thank you for joining me for our NBA preview episode. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, It's great to be on with you. Happy holidays. And I uh, hope you thank you great, great holiday, despite these uh, challenging times, man, it's been it's been weird. Are you you holding up? OK, yeah, for me, I've been very blessed. Um, you know, my 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 home is in New Jersey, but during the NBA season, I spend a lot of time, most of my time in Los Angeles. So with COVID, I've been back in New Jersey at home since March 
14th. So I've been doing like a lot of people doing everything from home, but I have a nice little TV studio, radio studio at home. So uh, it, it hasn't been bad at all for me. Oh, that's great. You know, I feel like we got to celebrate people who are having a good year because uh, there's too much badness out there. So also, I'm I'm just in Brooklyn, so I'll drive I'll drive across to GW and I'll I'll say oh, hi. My daughter lives <laughs> in Brooklyn. What, what part of Brooklyn are you in? Currently, um, Cobble Hill. Okay. I mean, Carroll Gardens. Wow. I just, that is not at all where I am right now. My God. It's been one of those days where, okay, so she's in Bushwick? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, so we are one day into the NBA season. Let's just get into it. First off, do you have any hot takes from the first two games? We got, we got Nets Warriors, Lakers Clippers. Uh, what, what are your sort of off the bat thoughts? Well, I don't know if this is a hot take or these are hot takes. First, I'll say in the Eastern Conference, I think Brooklyn's the best team in the East. I think Milwaukee would be a good matchup with them because obviously you've got Giannis who you can put on Kevin Durant with his length to maybe limit Durant more than the average defender can. You've got Drew Holiday, who's one of the best perimeter defenders in the league, to put on Kyrie Irving. Uh, so that would be a tough matchup, but I like Brooklyn the best. I think they're going to represent the East in the finals. And uh, I think Kevin Durant will make a run at the MVP, although my my I'm my guess is that it'll be Luka Doncic. Really? Dallas, but I think Durant will make a strong run at it. As far as go, uh, Golden State, I think it's going to be a tough year for me. I don't have them making the playoffs. Uh, as great as Steph Curry is, they just don't have much help. I think the silver lining for them last night was that mm -hmm. James Weissman. I love that pick. I thought that was a perfect pick for them in the in this year's draft. Uh, mm -hmm. He looked good, 19 points, I think 10 rebounds in his debut. But this year will get him acclimated to the NBA. He'll learn a lot. He'll improve. And then next year, year presumably when they get back clay thompson uh draymond will be back this year but you know maybe weissman uh can really fit in next year and they can return to being a contender when they're fully healthy but i think this is going to be a long season for him you think weissman has a rookie of the year shot i think he has a shot because this is going to be a bad team somebody <laughs> has to put up numbers obviously steph will but you're going to need another guy to score and andrew wiggins and kelly Oubre. Uh, their jump shot challenged. Let's put it that way. Uh, <laughs> That's a nice way to put it. <laughs> now, Oubre can dunk. I'll give him that. And so can Wiggins. They can do some nice dunks. I think Kelly Oubre, all three of his field goals that he made were dunks. But I like those two players, but I like to drop them down a, a notch to maybe the third, okay. fourth option. Right? And if they're alongside a Clay Thompson and a Steph, then they would play much better. But where they're at right now is the second and third scores in today's NBA where they're limited with their jump shot. That's a problem. Um, but, yeah, I I, uh, I think that, that that was my take from the first game. The second game, um, look, I'm not going to read too much into it. The Lakers, obviously they were basking in the championship glow. They had just gotten mm -hmm. their rings. We've seen this happen before. Um, and with the 71-day layoff, which is about 30-some-odd days less than you usually get, their legs aren't going to be there. They're going to ease their way into the season. 
And then let's face it, this same thing happened last year against the Clippers. They lost opening night and didn't look right. good. So I don't want to read too much into it, but I think these are the two best teams, not only in the West, but in the league. My top Clippers, Lakers, Lakers, the Clippers, and then Brooklyn. So I've got the Lakers beating Brooklyn in the finals. That's my prediction. But I think the Clippers will make it tough on the Lakers, and they are capable of pulling off the upset if the Lakers aren't at their at their peak performance. Man, from a pure sort of NBA drama perspective, how fun would Kyrie versus LeBron in the finals be? The scoreline <laughs> would be delicious. I mean, you've got LeBron versus uh, Kyrie. You've uh-huh. got AD versus KD, right? Yep. You've got LeBron going for his fifth ring to you know tie Kobe and Magic and Tim Duncan and one below Michael. That would just strengthen his GOAT um, case for those that believe he's the GOAT. Then you'd have Kevin Durant going for his first ring as with his own team, where, let's face it, no disrespect to Durant, who's an all-time great, the deck was stacked in Golden State. <laughs> so this would be a big for him. It would really be like when LeBron led Cleveland to the championship. Um, and then here's the last thing. You could argue that this would be – because there's the debate now. I think LeBron's still the best player in the world. We'll see if as the season goes on. But some people think it's Kevin Durant. You could argue this is their would be their first finals matchup where it was pretty even as far as being fair. The first right. time they met, KD was very young. His supporting cast was certainly young with Russell Westbrook and James Harden. And LeBron mm-hmm. was a veteran – and had Dwayne Wade already a champion, Chris Bosh, Shane Battier, several other veterans around him. So you can say Durant was at a disadvantage. Then they met when Durant was in Golden State, and LeBron was at the disadvantage because the deck was so stacked in Durant's favor. This year, each would have one other superstar, Kyrie mm-hmm. and Anthony Davis, and they both have strong supporting cast. So this would be... This would be, uh, as well as they're playing for the championship of the world, they would be playing for probably who's the best player in the world at this moment. So if they meet, it would be delicious, as I said. I, I hate to use that word, but I like it. No, I think that's exactly right. To me, the 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 drama and the the reality show of the NBA, I'm I'm so glad it's back because off season is fun, right? Off season you can still have guys doing some stuff, you know, especially the Harden stuff, which I want to ask you about. Yeah. But once you get on the court and they have to face each other, and it it just gets that much more delicious. And I'm really hoping, I really want the Nets to make it. I think this is such a fun team. They had so much chemistry right off the bat last night. Um, and I mean, Katie's so fresh right now, but you mentioned Harden. What, like, what is going on? Can I get your take on this situation? Because, you know, there've been reports that he's throwing basketballs at teammates. He showed up looking a little out of shape. He wants to get out of there. Do you think he will? Is there any chance that the Sixers happens? Like, what can, help me out here? Help help the people understand what's going on. Well, obviously he wants out, and I think this behavior, because he's a very laid back guy, so this behavior right. seems a bit strange for him, which would lead you to think he's just doing this to make it tough on the Rockets and make mm-hmm. it to get it to a point where they just have to get rid of him. The problem right. is, uh, I don't think that's going to help his trade value. 
Now, everybody knows yeah. how great of a player he is. But still, if you look like that much of a malcontent and you're going to cause those types of problems, there's been the articles and the reports about how he's gotten carte blanche to do whatever he wants in the Rockets organization. All of those things can work against trading James Harden. So he's not doing himself any favors in that regard. And so I think that's what's going on. I mean, him going out. And, you know, to clubs with no mask. It's just like he doesn't care. And I think when he steps on the court, he will give it 100% and he'll try to win. And he'll ball because he's got professional pride. But off Mm -hmm. the court, that's where it seems like he's causing these uh, little problems. And so, um, but here's the thing. If I'm the Rockets and they said this, you can't give him up. If it's not somewhat of a fair trade, you never get back the full value when you trade a superstar. But you can make a trade that is a good one. And I don't think they're going to give him up just to get rid of him. And I actually think, to be honest, Harden should give this a shot in Houston. because Really? Why do do you think that? Now, they can't win a championship. But John Wall, Boogie Cousins, Christian Wood – Eric Gordon, PJ Tucker, mm-hmm. you could do a lot worse as far as supporting cast than what they have. And John Wall is look like the old John Wall. And so I think he should give it a shot. I think they could be a pretty good team in the West, though they can't win a championship. But as far as the championship, James Harden has to look in the mirror because mm-hmm. they had their chances. They had Golden State down 3-2 going to Houston. And I know Chris Paul was hurt but you still had two chances to win one game and you couldn't get it done. They had their chances two years ago when Kevin Durant got hurt and you you still couldn't beat Golden State. And so he has to look in the mirror. Beyond that, his style of play, as great as he is, all-time great, you're not going to win the championship dominating the basketball that much, scoring that much. Only three players in history – have won championships in seasons in which they averaged 30 or more points. That was Michael Jordan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Rick Barry. And mm-hmm. it's not, it hasn't happened since Jordan. So he needs to share the ball more. He's had the teammates who can score enough where he doesn't need to average 34. I'm not saying drop to 20, but how about 28? Right. How about you know right. 27 to 29, something like that. So uh, I think Harden also needs to look in the mirror. Uh, in terms of why he hasn't won a championship. Yeah, well, I mean, it sort of comes down to like, okay, you can be a superstar, you can be one of the greatest, but if you can't make it happen in the playoffs, and then with the, you know, the behavior to get out of there, you'd think that he's kind of shooting himself in the foot a little bit. So, you know, maybe maybe he he shows up and plays as hard as he can, and then that negates anything else that happened in the offseason. But uh, Chris, I've I have an important question for you. Now, we kids clearly just just don't understand. You know, oh. you've got you're you're the the sage expert here, and um, Giannis nice, just signed. Nice way of saying I'm old. Yeah, well, look, you're wise. You're wise. Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> I think I I'm waiting to I'm waiting to get to your level. So Giannis signed 228 million for five years. Back in the day, what was a max contract? Like, what was an insane number? And do you think that guys are staying 
the guys used to stay in small market teams more than they are now. Because I was psyched to see Giannis stay there. I think that it seems as though in the past few years, I've never begrudged a superstar for going to a super a super team. I think like if you want to win, if you're judged on how many rings you have, how can you judge someone for not staying with the place where they came up? Yeah. That said, I think right now in the league, it's kind of cool that Giannis is sticking around, and now they have Drew Holiday, so it's it it it's not not viable that they win but do you do you see a shift either going back to staying with small markets or or leaving like what what do you see shifting here well i think first of all looking at the max contracts uh i remember i when i first started covering the league in 1995 there was no max contract there was you <laughs> right. know it, it came about in 1999 during the lockout so uh -huh. you could get paid there was no limit to what you could make so Michael Jordan, in his last two years, we know he was underpaid most of his career, but his last right. two years, he made $30 million and then $33 million. And that was not a max deal. It was just that was you know what he agreed to. And that was payment for all the years where he had been underpaid. And then the max deal came, came into effect during that lockout. So um, – Obviously, the money just keeps getting better and better, which is great for the NBA. Um, mm -hmm. But as far as Giannis staying in Milwaukee, look, first of all, players have gone to big markets for ages. Okay. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who ironically was in Milwaukee as Luau Center, right. he forced the trade from Milwaukee to the L.A. Lakers. And that was in the 1970s. 1976, I believe, was when he got traded. And so this is not necessarily new. You just happen to have a Magic Johnson get drafted to the perfect spot, which was the Lakers in Los Angeles. You happen to have a Larry Bird get drafted to the perfect spot, which was mm -hmm. Boston. You happen to have a Julius Dr. J. Irving go from the ABA to Philadelphia, which was a great city to be in. So if you look back in history, you like the eighties is viewed as the golden era that kind of resurrected the NBA. You only mm -hmm. have five teams, the entire decade make the finals, the Lakers, right. the Celtics, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Houston Rockets, big market, and then Detroit, which isn't, isn't really a big market, but you know, Detroit's a, a big city, top 10 city mm -hmm. in the country. So, Though, though, that's this is not new. As far as Jan is staying in Milwaukee, there are executives around the league breathing a sigh of relief. <laughs> I was right. to a team president yesterday who was really worried that all these guys want to go to big markets. I think it's overstated because, like I said, Giannis is staying in, in Milwaukee. Uh, Russell Westbrook chose to stay in Oklahoma City. Paul yep. George went to Oklahoma City willingly and and stayed there, you yep. know, and obviously ended up trade getting traded uh, to the Clippers kind of, you know, at his request. But he was in Oklahoma City. So I do think there are some small markets. LeBron obviously went back to Cleveland. I eventually left, but he went back right. there. New York can't get a free eight. They, nobody will take their money. I'm sorry. I, I see your Knicks poster. 
behind you. No, no, I just, it, it's interesting. You know, I, I, you watch a Nets game with a Knicks fan and it's just really sad. It's look, just really I, depressing. What I tell Knicks fans is, look, go to Brooklyn. It's still <laughs> New York. It's still New York. Nobody will blame you. It is still your city. You claim, but it's the Knicks, Chris. You claim Biggie. You claim all the Brooklyn rappers. Claim the Brooklyn Knicks. The Knicks have, some of you have not been born. I'm, I'm guessing you weren't born the last time the Knicks were pretty good for a long. Were you born during the Ewing, Ewing era? I was born. I wasn't, you know, I don't think I understood basketball, but I, I existed. Yeah. I was around. When you started paying attention to basketball, the Knicks have not been good since then. So who would blame you? Brooklyn's got an all-time great in Kevin Durant, and and two of them. Mm -hmm. Kyrie Irving, I believe, is a Hall of Famer. I believe he's the best ball handler in NBA history. I mean, come on. I wouldn't look down (laughs) at you. And let me say this about New York. I know this is a national podcast. I don't want to get too much into the Knicks. No, no, no. This is good. People people love either suffering with Knicks fans or making fun of them. So let's go for it. Look, New Yorkers think too highly of the Knicks. Okay? The Knicks okay. are not... And, and the evidence is LeBron. Uh, KD. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, all, the, all the other free agents who have spurned the Knicks. That's all the evidence. The Knicks are not a national team. They are not the Dallas Cowboys. They are not the New York Yankees. They are not the Los Angeles Lakers. They're not one of those teams that people growing up in different parts of the country root for. And I know this because I grew up in the Midwest. And the Knicks, Mm -hmm. growing up in the Midwest, the Knicks were like the 12th or 13th team I thought of when I thought about the NBA. And I'm dead serious. What was was the first one? What was the first one you thought of? The Lakers. The yeah. Celtics, the yeah. 76ers in Philadelphia, the Rockets, the, the Pistons, uh, Portland. So, uh, so here's a question for you. Portland won in 1977 with Bill Walton. Washington right. won it in the late 70s. I'm talking about as I was growing up, Seattle won a championship. Um, mm-hmm. Milwaukee was good in the East. Like, there were so – Dallas, you know, when Mark Aguirre was there, used to give the Lakers some problems. See, San Antonio had the Iceman, George Gerber. I'm serious. Like, I wasn't thinking about the Knicks. Okay, all. so what would, the, what would the Knicks have to do to make the rest of the country think of it? Like, how many do you think at this point would they have to win to make it like, oh, okay – I mean, this is it's, it's a it's a one of the top players in the country in the in the league, an mm-hmm. all time great that stayed there for a long time and led them to championships. And and it probably take more than one, obviously. You know, when Patrick Ewing was there, look, it was nice. They weren't they. It wasn't a very exciting brand of basketball, but they were good. They were Michael mm-hmm. Jordan's punching bag, but they were relevant. <laughs> I know. And I'm just saying that when I got to New York. In 1998, mm-hmm. and I began, I covered the Nets initially, and then I began covering the Knicks. I was stunned. I was shocked. This is my newest word. I was gobsmacked <laughs> by the fact that not only New Yorkers, not only Knicks fans, 
But Nick's mm-hmm. writers, like writers throughout New York, the New York Times, the New York Post, the New York Daily News, Newsday, the Bergen Record, Newark Star Ledger, they thought that if the Knicks just got cap room, free agents were going to just flock to the Knicks. Like, and in fact, they didn't even need cap room. Every time there was a free agent, Chris Webber, Grant Hill, I remember writers thinking, oh, they're coming to the Knicks. Well, wait, wait a minute. The Knicks don't have capital, but but you know everybody wants to put in New York, and I'm like, these people are crazy. These players that <laughs> up in New York couldn't care less about the Knicks, and they all talk about, oh, it's great to play in the Garden. I love coming to the Garden. Look, the Garden has been renovated, so it is a little nicer. But what mm-hmm. makes playing at the Garden special is it is New York. It's the biggest city in the country, and you know it's a great city. Yeah. And but they have stars in the stands. You got the big rappers, the big actors and actresses, celebrities in the front row, in the third row, fifth, sixth row. That's what makes playing in New York special. Outside of that, it's not the Knicks. It's got nothing to do with the Knicks. And like I said, you see it because free agents don't even hardly think about going there. No, no, it, it, not at all. And also during COVID, you know, you don't really get those. Uh, if you strip away all the extras, it becomes very clear where people want to be, you know? Yes, yes. And look, I love New York. I think it would be great for the league if the Knicks were great. Uh, but, you know. It'd be, it'd be so fun, but it's, a, it's an uphill battle. <laughs> it's an uphill battle. And some of it's luck, some bad luck. Mm-hmm. But look. Yep. They got the third pick a couple years ago and got RJ Barrett, who, you know, he might turn out to be pretty good. He is pretty good. He might, maybe he'll become a star. But if they had just gotten one pick higher, then you got John Moran. That's why there's like, there's some kind of curse going on. There's a hex somewhere that we got to. It it is, it's unfortunate. But, but my point is, there are small markets. Utah. Now they, Mm -hmm. see if they can ever win a championship, Denver. You know, the teams in the West, this is why the West is better. They're better managed. Mm -hmm. They're better managed. They make better decisions. They draft better. I'm talking overall. They they get players that will stay there, you know, and, and they're better run. They make better trades. And so... That that's why the West has been better than the East. As simple as that. You know, and no, I just mentioned some small markets to you that yeah. are making it happen. Yeah. It's kind of the uh the the curse of of believing that you're someplace people just want to come. Is that you know you have to I, which I think is sort of an East an East Coast as I say this as maybe the most East Coast person in the world, that we do think quite highly of ourselves. So, you know, you're like, why you don't you just want to come here? What do I have to give you? But it's no, like that's not how it works anymore. I will say this. I understand right. your mentality because, you know, like I said, I grew up in the Midwest. The biggest city I lived in growing up was Cleveland. Okay. Which I thought was Cleveland got it popping, right? I thought that was <laughs> my wife is from New York City, Queens. Okay. And we lived in Cleveland when we first were married, and she used to think Cleveland was the little hick town, you know, podunk, and I couldn't understand it. Then when we moved to New Jersey, basically greater New York, we're, we're 30 minutes mm-hmm. from New York City, uh, I understood, like, being here over time, every city I went to covering the NBA, every city, 
seems small. The downtown area seems spread out. Mm-hmm. And it seemed clean. I'm just going to make those three. <laughs> really, because New York. Being I agree. East Coast cities tend to be dirtier because they're older. But I noticed the difference. And so I can understand. Grow, and I'm saying this in all honesty. Growing up in New York, I can understand how you think the rest of America is tiny and small and a little bit behind. And, you know, there's really no equivalent to New York. The closest would be Chicago. Maybe San Francisco. L.A. is big, but it's not anything like New York. And so I get that mentality. But the problem is everybody that didn't grow up in New York doesn't get that mentality. Oh, no, they hate it. They hate it. It's like it's a total schadenfreude. People get so psyched when when, you know, New Yorkers uh, show that they're often idiots. It's amazing. Um, Chris, I know you got to go. Thank you so much for your time. Listen, you're invited back here whenever you want. No, which I know, which I know it's a, it's a, it's a huge invite. Let me tell you, (laughs) let me know when you need me. This went fast. I think I'm long winded, you know, but but no, you're great. I think you only got like one and a half questions out, but, uh, it was fun. And, uh, whenever you need me, let me know. So long. All right. Sounds good. Thanks so much. All right, see. Hey guys, Charlotte Wilder here. I want to tell you about our brand new Fox Sports app and website, foxsports.com. It's reimagined for the modern sports fan. So go ahead, download the new app now. You don't even have to pause this episode to do it. Every day on the app and website, you'll see the top stories in sports, plus a rich world of written content, videos, social media, and analytics to give you a 360-degree view of the most important sports stories of the day. Streaming live TV has also never been so easy or elegant. Every Fox Sports game, including all pregame and postgame shows, are just one click away. For the extra invested fans, we also go deep with real-time wagering lines, trending prop bets, win probability, and key player projections. So what are you waiting for? Download the new Fox Sports app or visit www.foxsports.com. Wow, it's so fun talking to another person. You know, I went from doing headlines and then... uh talking to Chris and it's like, oh man, it's easier to have a conversation when there's someone else to talk to. I really admire radio hosts. You know, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm alone in some, in some dark studio in like Milwaukee in the middle of the night. And I'm like trying to keep a radio station alive, talking to myself. It's really, it's kind of romantic. I'm excited about it, but I am going to have producer Kat help me out in a few. First, I want to say the top five things I'm excited for because we're going to do this list with Mark and I'm going to do it anyway because I still want to do my damn list. So, and we touched on a lot of these things with Chris. We did, but I'm going to talk about them anyway. So the first thing is Brooklyn. I'm just excited to see how this works. It was really cool to see how much chemistry they had right off the bat. And Kyrie was just on fire. I mean, he, he put them... What do they have, 63 points in the first half? I don't know. Let's go with that. That sounds right. And uh, I want to see how he and and KD get along because I I feel like this is, it was a little too smooth off the bat. Like there's got to be something. We've got Steve Nash in there. We've got Mike D'Antoni. It it just, you know, after Kyrie said, what did he say? That we're not going to have a head coach. We're going to alternate being head coaches. Like that's not going to, things aren't going to Things have to blow up a little bit at some point. And I hope that Chris is right. I hope that the Nets are the best team in the East. I hope that they can give the Lakers a run for their money because I think that would just be the most amazing storyline ever. But I am a little wary that, like, things fall apart. To quote to quote John Yates, the poet, 
Things fall apart. The center cannot hold. My producer cat is just, she is covering her face. This is terrible. I am, guys, I'm bricking it. All right, number two, James Harden. I just, this is like the best reality show I've ever seen. And by best, I mean, it does make me a little sad. And I do, I feel a little bad for Harden. And I know, I know, I know, I know. He turned down $50 million a year. I've already covered this, already talked about it. I do think that if players are judged by how many rings they win, then like, why wouldn't you give up $50 million to go win a ring? And then you get an endorsement deal. It's like more than that anyway, but whatever. Uh, Interested to see if he gets back in shape. Interested to see if he stays on the Rockets. I don't really understand who would trade for him right now because things seem... I mean, maybe he goes to Philadelphia. If he goes to Philadelphia, that's a fun story, but really want to see how that unfolds. Um, I'm excited for Luca in general. Like, he's just, he's so delighted. Do you remember when Chris Stapps was out in the bubble and Luca wrapped up, racked up 43 points, 17 rebounds, 13 assists? He's the first player since Will Chamberlain to post that exact stat line. That's insane. And he hit that shot. Remember that shot in the bubble? And it, he got the Mike Breen double bang. That is, first of all, only only two other players uh, have ever gotten that. Eric Gordon got one and Steph Curry got one from ESPN's Mike Breen announcing about an incredible shot. And it just it was it was a kind of thing you felt like you were watching history about to be made. It was it was sort of like a I have arrived moment for Luca. And I'm very interested to see how he capitalizes on that. He also came back looking a little chubby, which I loved. I just love it. I think you know what? Do do Get in shape on company time, fellas. Um, also excited for the wild thing that the Knicks inevitably do because there's going to the Knicks are the Knicks are a team that somehow they will find a way to have a they will find a way to not let Spike Lee into a game in the entrance he wants during COVID when no one is allowed to go to games. Like that's it. The that's the level that we're talking about here. Um, it'll be fun to see how they don't develop their young players, um, how they play their young players into retirement after one season. Um, the, you know, I, I, I want the best for them. Uh, I just think that maybe, you know, <clears throat> sell the team, sell the team. Um, interested to see how Jimmy Butler capitalizes on being lovable because he had the best narrative out of the bubble. He went from being someone who I think was perceived as difficult, who had been on a number of different teams, who had this incredible story of resilience in his upbringing. And he went into the bubble. He started Big Face Coffee. Is he going to turn that into a franchise? It's very marketable. I don't know. I would definitely, I would drink it. We would all drink it. I mean, maybe not for $20 a cup, but I mean, at this point, I'm not spending my money on anything besides sweatsuits. So why not? Um, Just want to see how all of that shakes out. Maybe if Mark ever comes back, he can tell me what he's excited for. But in the meantime, producer Kat, please come talk to me. I'm sick of talking to myself. Hi. Hi. Can you hear me how- okay? Yeah. How was that? How did I talk to myself? You did great. Um, I was making a couple of Guys, I, I, I pay her to say that. I send, I send Kat Venmos on the side where I'm like, she just does. tell me I sound good. I mean, I thought that was like a private thing, but like, whatever. Um, (laughs) No, you did great. You did great. You're, you're really holding it down. We obviously miss Mark, but um, I think you're doing, you're doing just fine on your own. Honestly. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. So so do we, do we want to tell the people what you're making me do? Yeah. Right now. Yeah, I do. I do. Okay. So here's the thing. Um, I have this, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be really honest with, with the people. I have a secret fantasy of being an advice columnist and not even necessarily an advice columnist, but like having an advice podcast. Like that's kind Mm. of, 
that's kind of my dream. Um, I mean, this is my dream. Like I have my dream job, let's be honest. But uh, so we're, we're doing an Ask Shar, which is more, you know, questions pertaining to me. And someday we'll get to a point where people ask me questions about their own lives and I'll just solve everybody's problems, which is funny. It's a kind of thing where it's like, you know, you you take you better giving advice and taking it anyway. What I did is I put on Instagram and ask Char, an ACA, ask Shar anything. And um, we got some great questions and I sent you the screenshots of them and circled the ones that I liked. And I was like, Kat, please help me narrow these down. We got we got some interesting ones. We did. We got some weird personal yeah. ones where they were like, do you, like, do you need a husband? And I was like, that's not what this is that's for. That's not what we're doing. Can I also just, before I ask you these questions. Yeah. You are good at giving advice. Thank you. Yeah. You, you've given me advice before. I haven't Have always... I? taken it but i wish i had you know what i mean it's well that's very kind of you like, she was right oh my gosh yeah people don't say that terribly often so i appreciate you all right do you want to start off on a sports note or just like yeah hit me with a sports one okay. and then a non-sports one this is a good one okay this is by yeah 2001 if sick, you could sick handle yes if you could go back in time to witness mm-hmm. any sporting event, mm-hmm. which would it be? Okay, so I took this as two different things. It could mean something that happened before I was born so I couldn't even see it or something I could have been there for. And I'm going to go with the one I could have been there for because my favorite sports memory of all time, after it's tied with the Red Sox winning the World Series. Sorry, 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 sorry. I know. Um, but it's the, it's the women winning the World Cup in 1999. Oh. I've never felt more inspired, um, and I think being at that game would have been absolutely incredible. You do love Brandy. I love so much. You talk about her all the time. I do, and I was just like, oh my god! I remember being ten and being like, it is so metal that she took her shirt off. Right. I was like, screw what everybody's saying here. Like, I love that. I think a lot of people liked that. Right. Like, yeah, I think. I think we're all on, like, we're all like, that's cool. Team Brandy. Team Brandy. Great. I love that question. I love that question. I love that answer. Let's do a not sports one because it is, you know, the holiday season. It's, it's, it's Christmas time. People are getting gifts. That's what they tell me. Um, This person who Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry, I'm not even going to try to pronounce your handle, um, but they asked you what's the best Christmas gift slash holiday gift you've ever received? Oh, boy. The best Christmas or holiday gift I've ever received. Oh, easy. When I was when I was maybe eight or nine, I got my first American Girl doll. <gasps> I and, also yeah. had American Girl dolls. Oh, yeah. Wait, and that's sports. Those have? are sports. I mean, I'm an only child, so I was a little spoiled. I ended up having three. Okay, I had. But two. I had. Okay, okay. So I, I had uh, Samantha. I had a lookalike that I named. Oh my god, what did I name her? I can't remember what I named her. But she had blonde hair because I was blonde as a kid, and then while I had her, my hair turned brown, and I was like, "Well, now I just have this random doll." Um, and I had Josefina. I had. Samantha and Josefina. 
Stop it. I did. I had the dolls. I had the books. As, I had all the books. I had the Molly books, the whatever. But yeah, I also yeah, yeah. had those too. We, this was meant to be. I guess. I guess. That is, that's uncanny, honestly. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to go back to a sports question. This is yep. an excellent question. Um, this is okay. by Rachel. Rachel Act, it looks okay. like. And she okay. said, what mascot would be Gritty's best friend? And it I love be from this question. any sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love this question. And it's a very easy, short, simple answer. Uh, the fanatic. Oh. Yeah. Because they are both weird space creatures, kind of. I mean, who knows what Gritty is? Gritty is Gritty is like a Muppet who fell into a vat of radioactive material. Yeah. And, and turned into Gritty. Um, but the fanatic was sort of the original weirdo alien guy with a horn for a nose and you know same city right philly yeah yes city so they so they already hang out they do and it's practical that they hang out because they live in the same place and they can go to the same things i like it and they share a fan base they sure do i think that's a good Mm -hmm. answer i like that a lot um ooh, this is a good one and i'm actually really curious to know what your answer is Okay. What do you think? Oh, sorry. This is from D underscore Ren 24. Love it. They asked, what is your Harry Potter house? Like, what do you think? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a. So- <laughs> oh, like, you just readjusted your whole chair. For this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like this one because um, I always thought. <laughs> I always thought I was a Gryffindor. I was like, oh, for sure. I'm 100% a Gryffindor. You know, I'm brave. I'm bold. I, I blah, 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 whatever. And then I took a Harry Potter quiz of what what house are you? Okay. I'm a Hufflepuff. <gasps> <laughs> okay. Can I tell you? Wait, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think everyone, I think not, maybe not everyone, but I think the majority of people want to be a Gryffindor because Harry yes. was a Gryffindor. Hufflepuff, though, underrated can i say because wasn't, you. wasn't cedric a hufflepuff he was he got picked to be they also had a really cozy den as their home thing you know like the I'm gryffindor all about being comfortable same so maybe i i i think if i was i one, think you might be a hufflepuff too i think i would either be a, a gryffindor or a hufflepuff <laughs> not that anyone asked me they asked you but that's I what care. i think I care. But well thanks. <laughs> but yeah, I so, so I kinda I kind of felt like I owned myself um when that when I when I took the quiz. Cause then I took it again and again and again to try to get Gryffindor, but it kept coming up. I think we need to stop s- telling people or selling it to ourselves that Hufflepuff is a bad pick because it's not. Thank Cedric you. came there. out of there and he's literally one of my favorite people in the book. Okay, moving on. Here's a sports question. Here's a sports okay. question. And this is by Oh, this is a great handle. Zimstagram. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, Zimstagramming, which is even wow. better. Yeah, drop that G because we're casual and fun. <laughs> what has changed in sports in the last nine months that you think will stick around post-COVID? I think, and this is more of a serious answer, but I do think that athletes' activism and being much more vocal publicly and on broadcast about Black Lives Matter, about social justice. And I think that is the best. I think COVID has been horrible for sports, for the industry. So many people have lost jobs. It, so many people have gotten sick. I do think, however, that um, the spring of protests and of activism has been a huge, huge 
win um, for moving leagues and and even um, networks towards talking about the things that really matter in in a public and important way. So I think that's one that I'm actually that I think is good. And you want it to stay. Not only do yes. you think it's going to stay, you want it to stay. I very much want it to stay. Yeah. Okay. Good answer. Good answer. Thanks. Thanks. This is also sports related, but it's just really funny. So we're going to stick okay. with it. And this is okay. from Earl B. 40. He says, okay. if you could give Jets fans one thing for Christmas, <laughs> what would it be? He also says I'm, that this could be a segment. We'll keep no, that in it's mind. not. A, no, Earl, it's not a segment. It's a one word. It's a two word answer. And it's Trevor Lawrence. Right. Like, I don't know what else there is to say about that. It's the only it's the only option. It's all that. Yeah. And they're not going to get him probably. So. Well, sorry. Sorry, Jets fans. Sorry to Jets fans. <laughs> Maybe next year. That should just, I should make my Twitter bio. I should just make my Twitter bio. Sorry to Jets fans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would, it's fitting. You do talk yeah. about, we do talk about them a lot, I feel like. I do, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm going to ask you this, and I'm going to okay. apologize in advance, but it's funny, and so I'm going to ask it to you. All this right. is from... Mara Elizabeth 29. Shout out Mara. We love Mara. We love How Mara. does it feel that Pats got out of the playoffs before anyone in the <laughs> NFC East? <gasps> Mara, Mara, Mara. I appreciate an Instagram question troll so much. That's a beautiful, beautiful work. Uh, Mara is the wonderful editor who cuts the um, Let's Recap videos that we make and she is so funny and knows that I have spent an inordinate amount of time talking about the NFC East and I actually hadn't I hadn't thought of that <laughs> and when I when I when you think about it like that's almost I um you know how it feels it doesn't feel bad it feels like a badge of honor a, ex- explain the, that because because the NFC East is my favorite chaotic terrible division okay which means that the Patriots somehow managed to be more chaotic and terrible than the NFC East this year, and I can only respect that. Okay. Well, there you go. Mara you. and anybody else that wanted to know. Thank you, Mara Elizabeth, 29. This, I think this is going to be the last one because I just, don't right. feel like, I just don't feel like I can ask one after this. Um, yeah, yeah. What? Oh, I'm sorry. This is from Scotty, Scottish CMU. Okay. That's who asked it. What's the biggest difference between Char and Aunt Char? Age. Okay. <laughs> That's it. No, it's funny. Uh, Aunt Char started out as kind of a joke or like a bit or my alter ego. And I've just be, like, I'm. we're on a collision course. I'm just like slowly, it's like we've collided and every day I'm just like slowly morphing more and more into her. And so it's only a matter of time until I just completely... Until she subsumes me, and 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 here we are. I have a follow up question to that person, yeah. to that yeah. wonderful person's question. Um, yeah. You have described Aunt Char before as someone that just drinks a lot of Chardonnay. I know you, and I know that you <laughs> drink a lot of wine. I don't know if it's like I don't know if it's specifically it's not, Chardonnay, but I are we? Are I have we a new there? answer. I have a new answer. The biggest difference between Char and Aunt Char is that I prefer um, natural wines and she likes a real sweet syrupy Chardonnay from California. That's the only, that's the difference at this point. 
But you know, it's true. I uh, I did text you the other night. We were working on something, and I felt like we'd gotten to a place that was pretty good. And I was like, "Well, I I suppose it's wine time." I yeah. was like, "Pour yourself and a I glass was like, of wine." It's been wine time. Yeah, you were like, <laughs> "I already have a glass of wine," and I was like, "Okay, cool." Because by glass, I mean I'm on my second. So. Excellent. <laughs> Me too. Yes, that really did happen. Um, we. We didn't talk about this, um, but we're just going to do it live right now. Do you yeah. want me to stay on for emails? I You looped me into this. You wrote me emails. Into do you want me to yes, stay yes, on for yes. emails? We're going to read some of the people's emails. We love it when you send us email. I know Charlotte oh, says God. she loves it, but I love it too because I also read them. Yes. When you email me, you technically email Mark, but he doesn't look at them. So you're really emailing me and Kat. Yes. That's what's going on. And we love that. So I just wanted to, I want to touch on two here. Um which we got an email from Jim McMullen. And I really appreciate this because he just, it wasn't a question. It wasn't really even anything to like tell us about anything. He just, he ends it. I'll be honest. It feels weird to be writing to you as if you were my friends when you have no idea who I am. This is a classic podcasting pitfall and I'll do my best not to be weird about it. I just want you guys to know that listening to you brings me a lot of joy. And now I'm begging you, please Oh, that's just a, that's a, that he's making fun of me for maybe being the girl in the meme. And I'm not the girl from the meme. But Jim, I want to say to you, first of all, never apologize for that. I think the whole point of podcasts is that you feel like you're friends with the people talking. And to be perfectly honest, I, whenever I get these emails, whenever I get messages on, on Twitter or Instagram, I feel like I'm friends with you guys. Like, I can't respond to every single one. Um, but I do feel a real, first of all, I'm very honored that's really sweet of you. I'm glad that you would want to be my friend, but I really do feel like I know you guys when you write in. So it's not, it's not as, uh, you know, that meme where it's the, um, what is it? They have the picture of people eating cereal in a cereal ad. And then the kid who's sitting next to them also eating cereal. And it's like me and my podcast friends or whatever. Um, and I feel like it sometimes goes the other way. Sometimes I feel like you guys, you know, it's just, I'm rambling now. But anyway, thank you, I, Jim. I appreciate it. Again, he didn't ask me. But since I'm on here, I'm going to put in my two cents. I Please. also think, I like that he wants he wants to be friends with us. Like, that's what this is. That's that's why we want, this is the people's sports podcast. Yes, this you, is for the people. Yes, this is for the people. His name is Jim. His yes. name is Jim. Well, he signed it. He signed it, Jimbo McMullen. Okay, Jimbo, also- you are included in that. You are a part of the people. We You're love people. that you listen to us and watch us and care. And so we're friends. That's it. We're friends. I love it. I love it. All right, read perfect. The rest of it. Okay, the the last one, and then we're gonna get out of here and go celebrate Christmas or whatever. Um, it, <laughs> from Noah Hastings. Charlotte and Mark, but mostly Charlotte. Also, I just love when you guys do that. That makes my day. Um, I need some help deciding if I'm a fan of the Browns. I currently do not have a favorite NFL team, nor would I say that I'm a fan of... I'm a real fan of the league itself, but I have been watching Browns games for the past few seasons to support a friend of mine who supports the Dodgers in honor of me. This sounds like a great friendship, first of all. He says, I generally, generally hate things that other people like, which is why I hate the Steelers, despite growing up in Western Pennsylvania. And following the Browns makes my friends mad, which makes me laugh. I'm hesitant to call myself a fan because if I call myself one, then I have to be all in, not just casual. Should I get a shirt or hat to show that I pay more attention to the Browns than any other team? Any help would be appreciated. Go Browns? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Hope you both have a merry holiday season. So what I'll say to you, Noah, 
first of all, I love this email because I too hate things that I'm, 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 I like play myself because someone will be like, you should really watch this movie or you should read this book or you should listen to this album. And I'll be like, "Mm, everybody likes it. So and I get like more entrenched and then I dig my heels in about not watching it. And then like four months later, when I finally watch it, I'm mad at myself for not watching it sooner. So I respect that you hate the Steelers simply because everybody else. I've never taken it to that extreme. I also think that Noah's a Browns fan. Kat, I think Noah's a Browns fan. I think he's already there. I think he just had to say it out loud to be right, don't you think? What's that thing? I am not qualified to be given, but like you, you, you have to say it out loud to realize that it's true. Like he yeah, just needed, he needed confirmation of this. Yes, you're no, already, no, you're already a Browns fan. You just needed to hear Charlotte and me, and I Kat. guess, tell you that you're there. And yep. congrats, they're fun. They're fun this year. Totally. They're fun this year. Um, Baker Mayfield likes Phil Collins. Also, if you're asking me if you should buy a shirt or a hat, you've already got one in your cart. Don't fool me, man. You've already pressed. It's it's either in there or it's on its way to you. So just roll with it. He, yeah, I really just think he already, like he's already in his heart. He is already there. He just hasn't bought anything. And that's, that's real commitment. So, oh, he should send us a picture of what – email us a picture yes. of what you buy. We would love to see it because we're all, we're very supportive of your new fandom. Charlotte yeah, yeah, is yeah. a new fan of a new team. Why don't you become a new fan of the Browns? Buy yourself some shirts and some – They're both orange. Yep. We're a fan <laughs> of orange teams on this podcast. <laughs> they are. They are. They all are right. in that way. So we did it. We, we did, did it. it. Kat, we did a show without Mark. We did. Uh, we miss him. We want we him to come Mark. back very soon. But we did it. We sure did. Um, all right. Well, you know what? The people, um, I hope everybody, if you're celebrating, has a Merry Christmas. If you're not, I hope you have a great day of getting Chinese food. Um, and I also want you guys to know that we have a really fun show coming next week. We are going to put our favorite things or, or not favorite things, sorry. Wow, that is not the word to use to describe this year. We are going to put things that best describe 2020 in a time capsule. So it'll be kind of a year in review, kind of a, um, a look back on this strange, strange time. And, um, you know, and I well. Think, I think Mark will be there for that one. I think we're going to have, I think Mark's going to be there and he's also going to have a time capsule. Yeah. You won't get another solo Charlotte show because I don't know that the people want that. But, you know, we're, we're, we're doing the best we can here. So uh, we love you all. Happy holidays and um, go Pats. <laughs>